if musicians get off to a good start, they're probably going to play the rest of the piece well. All the problems come in in the first phrases because this is where all the pressure builds up before the weeks, the months before, thinking about this audition, worrying about it, not getting enough sleep, and you don't know until that first note comes out if it's going to come out good or not. So what most people do is they hesitate. They play it safe, and that's what loses auditions. Welcome to How To. I'm Charles Duhigg. Each week on the show, we help folks figure out how to bring their A-game to life's toughest challenges. And on today's episode, we've got a listener with a very special talent. My name is Michael Martin. I'm a bassist. I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mike reached out to us about an upcoming audition. It's for the Chicago Lyric Opera, which is an amazing orchestra in a city that I really love. Mike's girlfriend lives near Chicago, and, and so landing a spot in the Chicago Lyric Opera, that would be amazing. But in this audition, Mike will be competing against dozens of other classical musicians, some of whom have been playing professionally for years, and he's nervous about performing under all that pressure. I'm thinking a lot about how much I want this job and how much it means to me. It would mean like a perfect, a perfect life for me. It's a dream job in a dream city. I get to be close to my girlfriend. So all those thoughts kind of start weighing on me, and I keep thinking, like, I have to do as well as I possibly can. Um, you know, no, no amount of, of, of error is acceptable in the end. And then I, I end up beating myself up for being, a, like, a human being. And that, that leads to me, in the audition, feeling all of those thoughts while I'm trying to play an audition. Mike is going through what all of us experience at some point, whether it's getting ready to play in the big game or delivering a big speech or, or preparing for that big job interview. How do we get ready? Everyone says, just be amazing. But how do you keep your cool and do your best when there's so much pressure and so much on the line? On today's episode, we'll bring in a performance coach, a guy who was once a Green Beret and now trains athletes for the Olympics. And we'll find out, can you help Mike nail the audition? Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen. Mike first picked up the bass when he was in the third grade. I love the fact that with the bass, when you're when you're just playing an open string or something, you can feel the vibrations of it, like not just in, not just where you contact the instrument, but like throughout your whole body. It's just such a visceral feeling to play the bass, um, and I, I just love the sound of it too. It's really beautiful. When Mike was in junior high, his class took a field trip to the New York Philharmonic, and on the program that day was Gustav Mahler's Fifth Symphony. I remember almost everything about the concert. I remember the conductor. His name is Alan Gilbert. Um, I remember who was playing principal bass at the time. I remember everything about the concert hall, and, and I'm sitting next to all my friends, and I just thought, it doesn't really get any better than this. 
Mike is just a few years out of college, and, and he's currently a diversity fellow at the Cincinnati Symphony. It's a fellowship program, so it's meant to get me a permanent job in an orchestra in the future. So it's it's not a permanent position. So I'm I'm there for for the next two years, and um, I'll be taking auditions and and hopefully getting into a professional orchestra. But so far, it's been it's, there have been some ups and downs, and it's it's a difficult process. Um, the the level of playing is just so incredibly high nowadays to get into an orchestra. So it's an inherently a very difficult thing to do. So tell me about the last time you got knocked down. Like, w- was it an audition? Were you trying out for something? The last, last like difficult experience I had auditioning was for the principal bass of the Omaha Symphony. Um, I worked for months. You know, I, I worked really well, really diligently. And um, for every audition, bass players have to play one movement of solo Bach. And I thought, I've got that in the bag. You know, I've been playing that for the last 10 or 11 years. And I was feeling super confident. It's, it's a piece that I know so well. Um, and then I, I put the bow on the string, and I played the first note, and it, it just made an awful like squeaking sound. It wasn't in tune, um, and it really got to my head. And all the thoughts that I had I'd done really well at putting out of my head before that all came rushing back, and I, I just felt like maybe I'm not good enough for this. And eventually I recovered, but I, I, I got disqualified after that round. So, and, and like how many hours a day are you practicing right now? Currently I'm practicing between four and a half to five hours a day. Okay, and then the rest of the time, are you like like thinking about the the music incessantly? Uh, I think to some degree you can't help but think about it incessantly because you're you're either thinking about what it will mean for your life if you can get it, or you're thinking about like what could I do to make it better. And that's why we turn to this guy. My name is Dr. Don Green. I'm a peak performance psychologist. What does that mean? Well, it means that I help. Uh, elite performers, whether they're musicians, singers, actors, or athletes, to do their best under pressure. That's it. How, how did you get into <laughs> that, that that line of work? Well, I grew up as a competitive athlete. I was a gymnast and a diver, and I, I dove at Division One level. I was pretty good, but I was very erratic. I could either be dazzling amazing and hit the toughest dives or toughest looking dives, and then, then missed the easiest of dives. And it was due to my not understanding about pressure and how to handle nerves or anxiety in competition or under pressure. So I was in the Army for five years. After I got out, I went back to graduate school and got my PhD in sports psychology to understand what happened to me and what I found out happens to a lot of people under pressure. And I I did that for about 10 years, working with elite athletes, uh, springboard divers, Formula One race car drivers, police SWAT officers, professional golfers, and tennis players. And then I happened to meet a classical musician. He happened to be a bass player, and uh, he wanted my help with his golf game. And I saw that he just overthought his putts, like (laughs) he stood over them forever, and finally (laughs) jabbed at the putt, and it didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) So I started talking to him about focus and ways to quiet his mind, ways to focus. And he said that, you know, everything that we had done with him uh, and and his putting pertained to him as a principal bass player. And would I be interested in working with classical musicians? I thought, yeah, that sounds really, really interesting. I'd love to. Don was incredibly successful working with musicians. And he went on to teach for nearly a decade at Juilliard. And then he helped coach traders on Wall Street. 
And after that, he started working with runners and shot putters and other Olympians, many of whom have gone on to win gold medals. I don't know anything about that or about Wall Street. It's not important. for I don't know how to play the bass. It's not important that I know. It's, it's understanding the mind behind movement because all of these things involve complicated, coordinated movement, and the mind either helps in that process or it gets in the way. And it's what Yogi, Yogi Berra said, that 90% of sports is mental and the other half is physical. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the heart starts racing, blood pressure goes up, Breathing changes, people start perspiring, people start shaking, the eyes start scanning, moving around, looking for dis uh, danger, that's a distraction. And those are just a few of the physical symptoms. Then there's the mental symptoms, people get very critical, self-conscious, uh, down on themselves, and musicians get out of touch with their bodies and their fingers and their bowing and their vibrato. Athletes get out of touch with their body and, and start acting clumsy. And then there's the emotional thing, it's just fear. And so it comes down to not whether the pressure is going to be there, it's going to be there. It's what you do with it, whether you make use of it or whether it abuses you. What Olympic athletes have learned from sports psychologists is how to use that energy to jump higher, run faster. That's fascinating. So your job isn't, isn't to teach them to avoid the pressure or to deal with the pressure. That's Your a job waste is to of time. That's, that's counterproductive. It's going to be there. They can deny it or push it away or learn how to use it. Okay, I want to learn how to do that. But before I do, let me ask Mike one question. Mike, when Don was de describing that, like, deer in the headlights, the, the anxiety, your heart rate is going up, um, did, that, did that sound familiar to what you experienced? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's the same exact sensation. You know, you just kind of like freeze up. You you start questioning, like, do I even know how to hold my instrument anymore? <laughs> that definitely rings true, every aspect of it. When we come back, we'll learn how to use that panic to your advantage. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs? The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast, or find it wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. 
This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with performance psychologist Don Green and our listener Mike, who wants to win his dream job with the Chicago Lyric Opera. And Don's first rule in preparing yourself for a big performance is don't try to be relaxed. Don't pretend you can stop your jittery nerves. Instead, learn to channel that nervousness and energy into positive momentum. Don told Mike how to do that when he walks into the audition room. If this is at all important to you, the adrenaline is going to kick in. And, and you're describing a situation where this is your dream job. It's a perfect job. It would be the perfect job the rest of your life. You love the Chicago Lyric Opera. You love opera. Your girlfriend lives in Evanston. This is absolutely perfect, which to my mind is a dirty word. Um, <laughs> it, I know I can hear it in your voice. You either have perfectionistic tendencies or you are a perfectionist. And, and that's like a triple whammy because there is no perfection in music. It's too challenging. But there's a difference between perfectionism and striving for excellence. And I'm a big fan of striving for excellence. That you can do. Desire is very important. But if you're focused on winning, you're focused on the wrong thing because you really don't have control over that. Buddha said that attachment to results is the cause of all suffering. And you're already extremely attached to these results. Mike, what do you think of that? I think that sounds that sounds very true. Um, when you said that I was a perfectionist, um, you definitely are correct. Um, yeah, I definitely think about about playing things perfectly a lot. Um, as much as I know that that's kind of a lost cause. That's the next rule. Don't strive for perfection. Strive instead for like a, a kind of loose sense of control. Focus on the things where you know you're in charge and, and let yourself explore the freedoms that exist inside those choices. And, and then all the things that you can't control, like, like hitting the notes perfectly or what the judges are going to think, as much as you can, ignore those things completely. One of the things I ask musicians to do is put a piece of music on the stand that's low difficulty, high energy. So what you do is you set it up, turn the tape recorder on, you leave the room and get your heart rate up far higher than it ever feels in your most anxious state. Get the blood flowing, get your heart pumping, 
But like and jumping jacks, like how, how do you yeah. do that? Like, yeah, jumping jacks, okay. squat okay. against the wall, like like skiers doing, just squat like an invisible chair until your heart's pounding. But also mentally, imagine that you're going to go in and the audition panel from the Chicago Lyric is waiting to hear you play. So put pressure on yourself. But in spite of that, go in there, pick up the instrument, and play with reckless abandon. Total disregard for intonation, pitch, tempo. The goal is to find freedom. Perfectionism ties you up in knots. Fear binds you like rubber bands around your body. Make a lot of mistakes. Explore freedom. Do this two or three times a day. Don't listen to the recordings until you get the idea and start to feel the energy. Start to ride the wave. Start to drive the music. And then after you do it seven or eight, nine times, then listen to the recordings from the beginning and you'll watch your progress in finding freedom and then you can start reining it in. And and you're not worried about someone learning bad habits? Because I like when I listen to this, I think to myself, no, if you're an elite athlete, if you're an elite musician, you're all about trying to get better and better and better, right? You're supposed to get better control. This is how you get control, by letting go of control and not over-controlling. That's the problem. So here's how you do it. Start with some jumping jacks or, or really any physical activity that like revs you up and remind yourself you control your body and then play with enough abandon that you can find that freedom you know you have. I think that sounds like great advice. Um, and that's definitely something that some of my mentors have told me too. They'll say like, oh, it sounds great. Um, like it's in tune, really good sound. Um, sounds like you really know it well, but it just sounds a little bit held back. It sounds like a little bit controlled. Um, not You're not really taking any chances. Um, and yeah, I think my, my expressiveness <laughs> sometimes suffers because of that, because I'm, I'm not really- Of course. Um, I'm, I'm not feeling of very course. free sometimes, so. You're not free. Yeah. This will give you a sense of freedom that I think you'll find very refreshing. Yeah. Okay, so and we're, we're going to get to the audition in a second, but what else does he do to mentally prepare himself for Well, there's a, a lot a lot of things. Um, too many people do the wrong things the last two weeks. They overplay, don't get enough sleep, obsess, too many lessons, and they go in exhausted thinking, well, if they're tired enough, the adrenaline won't affect them. And then it's a double whammy. Mm -hmm. So starting now, you want to watch your time, but not to over-practice, but to do things you're not normally used to doing, like take the whole day off yeah. on Sundays. Mm -hmm. uh, an important ingredient, how many hours of sleep do you normally get? Um, I try to get between seven and eight, but most of the time I get closer to like six. So Okay. There's all sorts of studies showing how important sleep is to optimal functioning. And most people think eight hours is it. Well, they did this study with highly functional people, and they took the people that normally got eight, and they asked them to get between nine and 10. Hmm. And they reported their functioning went up dramatically. So the practicing is done. You want to fine-tune some things and work over you know, the Bach or the openings like we're talking about. But one of the things you need to do is recover from all the hard work you've been doing over the last several months. This is another rule that we hear a lot on the show. Get more sleep. A and take care of yourself in other ways, too. Prize fighters do not fight the week before a fight. But musicians, they're pounding away. 
don't get me started on brass players. That's they're the worst. But but just you need your body fresh and rested, and your fingers. You need to get all the lactic acid out of your body that's been building up with this intense training and obsession that you're doing. So you want to start drinking a lot of water, a whole lot of water, and get your mind in the right place. Not thinking about results. That's that's bad thinking. You can't control it. It's just going to make yourself miserable and anxious. You can't play the audition until you play the audition. <laughs> in yeah. the meantime, you want to keep your head in a happier place and, and just say it's going to go fine. It's going to go fine. It's going to go fine. Over and over and over. Yeah. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I know you're very serious, but this is too important to take too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a gig. That's what you do. You show up, play music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you yeah. do. Don't make it bigger than life. Sometimes the the one thing that I find myself really attaching to when I'm playing in like with an orchestra or something and I'm nervous before we're about to do a concert is just like how much I've like loved the music that I've rehearsed with them all week or something. Um, and it's it can be really liberating to just lean into that and just just play the music. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Play the music. There's your magic formula. The next rule is watch a lot of TV sitcoms. The the really funny ones. The last two weeks before an audition, it's an emotional roller coaster. You go through the whole range of emotions. It, it, it's an up and down, moment to moment thing. Yeah. And it's easy to get into a negative space. Then the anxiety kicks, kicks in. Then the lack of being perfect that you still don't have everything down right. And, and it's kind of rise above it. And that's why, believe it or not, what I recommend people the last week before an audition is they spend every morning listening or watching comedy until they're laughing out loud. I'm absolutely serious. Yeah. Because your mood's going to tank a lot. Mm -hmm. You're going to go in that negative zone pretty easily. Most people do. What's amazing to me, Don, is that all of this, as just a passive listener, this seems so counterintuitive to me, right? Like, I feel like the same way that Mike would feel, which is like, there's this audition coming up. If if you want to win it, you got to earn it. You got to like work yourself. The the person who's going to perform the best is the one who like works the hardest, right? Is willing to like make their fingers bleed. And but but what you're saying is like, no man, like you've been doing all this work for years. Like the person who's going to win is the one who like gets a good night's sleep and watch some Netflix until they're laughing. And goes in and just plays the thing that they love to play. Bingo. Am I getting that right? Bingo. There it is. Here's the thing. Under pressure, th things tend to speed up. And people tend to rush it. And they start into the first notes again, not being ready. So my advice on the day of the audition, starting within the morning, is you get up and you start moving slowly, talking slowly, eating slowly, slow shower, slow walk. That's why you want to get there early so you can check in and then take another slow walk and slow things down. And you carry this on stage with you and you take your time. Here's another rule. On the day of the performance, arrive early and take everything really slow. Get set up, hear the first two bars of the Bach, play the Bach. Okay, so we've learned Don's tips and, and we've talked through how to get our head ready for the audition. The only thing left is for Mike to pick up the bass and see what Don says about his playing. 
So high energy piece, right? High energy, low difficulty. Okay, okay, okay. So a nanosecond before the first note sounded, what was going on in your head? I was worrying if my bow was straight or not. <laughs> so that's called a left brain doubt. Yeah. So if you were hearing that, you weren't hearing the note. Now let's put your bass in a safe place where you can pick it up real quick. Okay. Because you're going to get your heart rate up. Don't overdo it. Just jump a jacks if you want. But when you when your heart rate is up, pick up the instrument, get set, drop your shoulder tension, hear the music, no hesitation, play the music. Okay. Ride that energy wave. How many should I do? <laughs> Till you feel your heart running. Good. Yeah. Embrace the energy, your friend. How was that? It was a lot better, way better. That's what we're talking about. There was no thought in there. You don't need a thought. Whew, it feels awesome. That's the way it should feel. Adrenaline is your friend. But of course, when Mike auditions, it's not going to be just one piece he performs. It's not even going to be just one audition. There's round after round of auditions. And so I asked Don, how do you get yourself ready for something like that? When you know it's going to be a marathon, are there any tips? Yep, yep. Watch Rambo. What do you what do you mean? <laughs> Go in there with a fighter's mentality. It's gonna be a knockdown drag out fight and you gotta hang in till the end. Then you take the next day off, but not until then. You've gotta hang in and, and that takes kind of a soldier's mentality. And I personally like Rambo. <laughs> and and what do you mean a soldier's mentality? Like like if you're telling me how to do that, what what advice are you giving me or Mike? So I'll tell you a story. After I graduated from West Point, I went through Ranger School. And ranger school is some of the toughest in the military. It's about the equivalent of SEAL training. So the first three weeks of ranger school is at Fort Benning in Georgia. It was very hot, August. And you wake up at probably 5.30 in the morning, and you run this incredible obstacle course, not a fun one. And by the last day, it's a five-mile run. I remember getting within a half a mile from the barracks and seeing the barracks and thinking, oh, my God, if I can, I can just make it that last half a mile, I'll survive. And then you get there, and they say, you guys think you're tough? Yeah, we're tough. And then they have you hold your rifles over your head and jump up. You guys are ranger tough? Yeah, we're ranger tough. No, you're not. Yeah, we're ranger tough. We are, we are. Well, you want to go again? Yeah, let's go again. Oh, no, no. You've got to be kidding. And they start out on another five miles. Well. And within 100 yards, guys are just dropping like flies. I mean, they're just <laughs> left and right, and they're done. Why don't you drop? You're gone. And I still don't know how I made it another five miles that day. But I found out that there's always reserve in there, more energy, more there, unless your thinking goes the opposite way. 
And once your thinking goes negative, you're done. You're out. And and what right. it taught me is there's always more there uh, worth fighting for, worth hanging on to. And that's when I say soldier's mentality. I learned it the hard way. But you don't you don't need to go through ranger school because you battle it out every day in the practice room, putting putting the bark on the stand and going for it, and just take that same mentality into the audition that you're going to dominate and hang in and that you're Rambo. <laughs> So, so after it's all over, after he doesn't have to have soldier mentality, everything is over, he and he's in recovery. Is there anything special he should do in recovery? Yes, um, to celebrate that he survived, uh, to write down all the good things, because by then you'll have processed over and over the negative things, the, the notes you missed and all that, to really focus on the positive things and write out, you know, that he got a, got a good start on the Mendelssohn and the, the end of the Bach went really, and all the positive things to remember versus reinforcing and repeating the negatives. You know, recognize them, analyze them, figure out what you need to do, but then focus on the right things and give yourself a reward for all the effort you put in. You need to, to drop the energy down, recover, take some naps, sleep, and get your attitude back, and then get yourself ready for the next one. And this is the rule that's maybe easiest to overlook, but is so important. If you showed up and you did your best, celebrate that. No matter whether you won or lost, you need to let yourself remember what you did right. Because as long as you did better this time than you did last time, you were a success. And that's how you get ready to perform and deal with the pressure next time. A quick update from Mike, who left us this voice memo. Hi, Charles. This is Mike Martin. I just finished my lyric opera audition. I did everything that Don told me to do. I was super energized, super focused, um, and I felt like my audition went very, very well. Um, but I did not advance to the next round, so I did not win this audition. However, I definitely got a lot better from doing what Don asked me to do, and, and I got much better from preparing this audition in general. So thank you so much for your help. Bye. It turns out that later, Mike did get a job with the New World Symphony in Miami, which is fantastic. Thank you so much to Mike for sharing your story with us and to performance coach Don Green for all of his amazing advice. Make sure to look for Don's books and other programs at his website, winningonstage.com. Do you have a problem that needs solving? Send us a note at howtoatslate.com and we might be able to help. That's howtoatslate.com. Also, if you found any of our advice helpful, we want to hear from you about it. You can tweet us at hashtag howtopod or call and leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. We might even play your voicemail on the show. Finally, we would love it if you would please subscribe for free and give us a five-star rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. That really helps people find the show, and that means we can help more people, and, you know, it's just goodness all around. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen is our production assistant, and Merritt Jacob is our engineer. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown. June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcast, and Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Special thanks to Asha Saluja. 
I'm Charles Duhigg. Thanks for listening.